This is Pastor Derek Thomas of Living Witness Ministries, and I want to welcome you to the Living Word Podcast. I pray that today's teaching blesses you, inspires you, and encourages you to live a life worthy of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that we serve. God bless.
Yes, Pastor Jermaine T. Smith. Bless you, sir. My, my, my brother, my, yes, sir. my shepherd in this season, my, my friend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My mom always told my sister and I that true friends in life, you can count on one hand. That's true. That's true. And in most cases, you have fingers left over. So I'm thankful that the Lord has blessed me with a friend that transcends seasons. This is a man that we've already talked about it. When the Lord blesses us to do what it is we do, we ain't, 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 no, ain't going to be no arguing about who the first guest is going to be. We already know who's coming. It's just a matter of finding a place to stay, but the Lord's going to bless us with a house big enough. Y'all don't got to worry about a hotel. You have, you have your own way. <clears throat> we thank God for the First Lady. Yes, yes. Definitely thank God for the First Lady. I've grown to love and appreciate her just as my wife does. You're truly a compliment to the man of God here. But more importantly, you're a blessing to the body here. See, people don't realize how important a mother is. That's true. Yes. You don't realize the value of a mother. Yes. A mother is so much more than the vessel that God chose to birth you into the world. A mother is the, the, the source of nurture, the one that holds literally everything together, the one that, that that's the, like in sports, the one that does all the dirty work yes. that you don't think about until you're standing on the platform with the championship. Uh -huh. Then you realize a revelation hits you. I couldn't have done it without my mother. I bless you because being the mother of this house, the Lord is going to bless you mightily for the faithfulness that you continue to sow into this house. Honor your mother while you have her. Catch that. Not only naturally, but spiritually. Honor your mother while you have her. I'm here to let you know that when the Lord transitioned our mother, that, that hurt. You know, all the letters, all the stuff, all the accolades went away when, you know, walked in that room. All I wanted my mom to do was to get up. Yes, yes. But I realized that even in that moment, we had to go on and we bless God for you. I thank God for, yes. for my heart, my wife, Sister Marika Thomas. So we're actually going to jump off into the word from there because I shared a little bit with Pastor and, 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 and transparency as we go into the word of God. My wife had to talk me off the ledge earlier this weekend because the enemy was trying to stop this word from going forth. And it's a blessing to know that when you have a help meet that can truly help you, that knows, that, that, that knows how to fight the godly way. Good. And to go real quick to because I get to the word because I'm mindful of everything. When you fight the godly way, you notice in the word that when it talks about putting on the whole armor of God, what's not covered. Yeah, all right. I hear you. Your back is not covered. And there's a reason for that because the word says that no man or woman, no individual is an island. Everybody has somebody because two is a number of witnesses. Two have to fight together. So I'm thankful and blessed that I have a wife that knows how to cover my back, that knows how when the enemy hits those soft spots that I don't have covered, she can jump right in and cover. Which leads us to our text today. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to be in two places briefly 
The first place is in the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, the second law, the 14th chapter. We're going to look at verses 1 and 2 there. Then after we finish there, I want you to hold your finger there and go to Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 1 and 2. And what you'll find written, and I'm reading for the new, from the New King James Version of God's Holy Word, reads thusly. You are the sons of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourselves or make any baldness on your foreheads for the dead. Mm -hmm. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. And the Lord has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Hold right then. Listen to what it says in Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, yes, sir. by the mercies of God, uh -huh. to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, yes, sir. holy and acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual worship. Wow. But here's a kicker. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, yes, sir. that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. As you take your seats, meditating on the subject, quarantine worship. Amen. Wow. That's good. Quarantine worship. One of the first things I learned in pursuing my degree pastor in communication is that you never start making a point by asking a question. Mm -hmm. However, in life, I've learned and experienced that sometimes the most poignant way to get your point across is to ask a question. Because in my years in management, I've learned that as a good manager, you never ask a question that you don't already know I hear you. the answer That's to. True. That's true. And oftentimes what we do as believers is that we fail to do what the word of God says. We relegate Malachi 3 to just money. When he says to prove me, prove me. God wants us to ask him questions. Not because he doesn't know, but very much the opposite. He already knows if he knows the number of hairs on our head and he knows our rising from our setting and he knows when we're going to mess up. Would it not stand to reason that he already knows the question we're going to ask and the answer? to said question. So the jump off point for our message this morning is, is a question. And this is a question the Lord posed to me. The question is this, what do Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and Giannis have in common? They're all once in a generation talent. Amen. That's true. Every single one of them. Now, once-in-a-generation talent, and Pastor alluded to it, are unique in that once-in-a-generation talents do stuff that people regular don't do. Mm -hmm. When regular folks are in the house rested, once-in-a-generation talents like Michael Jordan at midnight are still out shooting free throws. Right. Yes, sir. When regular people are in the house because it's raining outside, once in a generation, talents like LeBron James is out there with a hat on soaking wet, running the drills necessary to perfect his craft. When regular folks have said, I'm going to give up because I don't like that person. Yeah, right. 
Once in a generation talents like Kobe Bryant go get individuals like Shaquille O'Neal who you bump heads with all the time and just go out and win championships with an S with them. While people in times like this with everybody saying go somewhere and sit down is dangerous. I speak it. Once in a generation talents like Giannis go in a bubble with his brothers and celebrate a birthday and get to the point where they're one win away from getting home court as they pursue the championship. What am I saying? What I'm saying is that once in a generation talents are unique because they uh, take their unique nature and that nature shines more brilliantly than others and it garners more attention than other people and it makes a greater impact than everybody else which leads us to our text we've got to understand and, and then realize that, that we're in a unique situation and the enemy doesn't realize that the stuff that he's trying to put out with everybody telling us what we have to do if we're wise believers once in a generation spiritual talent we won't take that Q word of quarantine and look at it as an albatross we'll take that Q word as we look at today at quarantine and realize that it's our assignment in this season to achieve victory. I hear you, preacher. I hear you. Now, you might think I'm crazy, but I'm really not. Because when I sat down and allowed God to break this down to me, I told my wife, I was so excited for this message Thursday, I didn't know what to do. Quarantine, the word quarantine is from an Italian word, quarantina. The word quarantina literally means 40 days. All right. Think about that for a minute. So every time the doctor says, you gotta go into quarantine, okay, 40 days. You may be like, okay, so? In the word, 40 is a number that represents something called an epoch. An epoch is a generation that's defined by great things happening that change the trajectory of history. Okay. Another word for epoch in the word is generation. Mm-hmm. Case in point, when the ark was built by Noah, uh-huh. it divided the epoch or the generations true. between version one man who had to die in the flood and version two man who went on to live until Christ came. But that change never would have taken place if a once-in-a-generation talent named Noah hadn't done something that people thought was absolutely crazy because he realized that God was worth more than the ridicule that he got from people. And understand, he didn't hear this ridicule for a day or for a week or for a month. He heard this ridicule for years, for hundreds of years, day in, day out, as he's driving nails. Why are you building that ark? Day in, day out, as he's putting stuff together. Why are you doing that? It makes no sense. Day in, day out, as he's cutting wood. We've not had rain since we've been here. But Noah knew something that the people didn't. That there was another dimension at work. Another example is is, uh, uh, Moses and Joshua. Mm -hmm. The children of Israel wandered, the word says, for an epoch, for 40 years. Uh So that the Moses men and women could die out 
and give way to the Joshua generation who could go forth and do what needed to be done. But that transition couldn't take place unless and until there was a man willing enough to do things that nobody else wanted to do. When everybody else was running away from the fire, Moses was running towards the fire on top of Mount Sinai to get the commandments for us to do what we need to do. Pastor, what do you say? I'm saying that in this season, God is calling us to the new mission that he's given us. He's got us sitting now in the war room looking at something that makes no sense. But my Bible says that God takes the foolish things of this world yes, sir. to confound the wise. So he sends us out in this period of time with this unique mandate to quarantine ourselves, to make ourselves not like everybody else, to make ourselves once in a generation, once in a lifetime, once in a season, representatives of him, so that we don't walk like everybody else, we don't talk like everybody else, we don't think like everybody else, we don't act like everybody else, and there's a reason we don't walk like everybody else, and talk like everybody else, and think like everybody else, and act like everybody else, because we're driven and fueled by the greater one that lives on on the inside. Yes, yes, God. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes. Amen. So, yes. the word here is letting us know that we've got to actively worship God. Uh-huh. See, a once in a generation talent can't passively, mother, active, uh, can't passively worship God. Mm-hmm. You want to know what passively worshiping God looks like? Passively worshiping God looks like this. Pastor says, one praise, we all praise. Cell phone. While everybody else is praising. Talk, Pastor. That's not quarantine worship. That's not worship that's going to change a generation. That's not a degree of worship that's going to define your legacy. That's not a degree of, a degree of worship heck, keeping it 100. That's not a degree of worship that's going to even get anybody's attention. Yes, God. Everybody on the, out there in the world got a phone and they scrolling through something. Yes, yeah. uh-huh. You're right. But the first point is, is this. We got to do first. We got to be set apart. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. And not separated. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Need you to catch that. We got to be set apart. And not separated. There's a big difference. Look at what it says in verse 1 in Deuteronomy, the 14th chapter. It says, you are the sons of the Lord your God. You should not cut yourselves or make any baldness on your foreheads for the dead. Now, in our text here, what Moses is doing is he's reiterating again in the second law. Because that's what Deuteronomy means, the spirit of God's law. By showing us the liberty that's associated with understanding it instead of just being able to recite it. Uh That's the difference between being set apart Uh and being separated. See, what many people do when they find out that they've got to be quarantined from whatever it is they have to be quarantined from, they start moping and having a pity party. Uh Uh 
They start reading over and over again the diagnosis that they've been given and reading over and over again the instructions that they've been given and reading it over and over again, all this stuff. How many of you know here that for somebody that's a once-in-a-generation talent, success begins right here in the mind. And once the mind and the spirit get on the same accord, the body has no choice but to follow. But the thing that gets the mind and the spirit on one accord is the same thing that gets the mind and the spirit disjointed and that thing is the word that come out of our minds. Do not know the word says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Yet every time we confess what's said and, and, and my pastor uh, my pastor, Pastor Bailey, God, God rest his soul, told me a long time ago that the word you say form the world that you live in. That's good. And every time you say something, you're speaking that thing into the earth. Amen. And the example that he used was illness. And the doctors are good for telling you, Mr. So-and-so, Miss, Miss So-and-so, your whatever the ailment is, is doing this. Your whatever the situation is, is doing that. Your whatever the infirmity is, is acting this way. And what we do, because we're creatures of habit in the flesh, we're parents. You're right, doctor, because my such and such is this, my such and such is that. I had to learn a long time ago, I'm not claiming that thing. There you go. There you go. If life and death and blessings and curses are my choice, and I've been given the answer to choose life, and in life there's liberty and freedom and hope and joy forevermore, why on any universe would I choose this thing that you're trying to profess over me? Well, my Bible tells me that healing is the children's bread. And last time I checked, Pastor, I'm a child of the most high God. So would it not stand to reason that if I'm a child of the most high God and healing is the children's bread, that instead of me trying to pick up what the doctor's trying to put down, let me act like the once in a generation talent that I am in the spirit and say, doctor, I appreciate that. I thank you for your insight. I thank you for your diagnosis, but I'm leaning and depending on my doctor named Jesus who lets me know that by his stripes I'm healed. And before you want to ask me, let me tell you about my medical pedigree. My medical pedigree tells me that every disease known to mankind in the earth stems from 39 different basic roots. My Bible lets me know that God has 40 lashes on his back and every lash to shed blood cancel the assignment that the enemy brought for every disease because since I know who I am. I'm going to quarantine worship this thing. I'm going to worship this thing like I'm set apart to do it in a way like Pastor said, beyond B-I-double-G. I'm doing this thing in a way like I'm not going to get another opportunity to do it. See, time is the one commodity that no matter how much money, no matter how much power, no matter how much influence you have, you can't get it back. And so many of us are wasting valuable time because we've opted to view this season that God has given us of separation for him Mm -hmm. like those individuals in verse 1. Those individuals in verse Mm 1 are individuals that are part of the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. Verse 1 says in the true King James, ye are the children of the Lord your 
God. In other words, God the Father saying, look, y'all my children, you represent me. Let's get that straight. So since y'all my children and you represent me, here's what you should not do. You shouldn't put yourselves in position wherein the example here is talking about rituals that are done in a pagan fashion to mourn the dead. But what God is saying in the spirit is he doesn't want us lifting up the enemy Amen. through accepting false reports, mm -hmm. through that fear, fear dynamic, that false evidence that appears real. Yeah. Because that's where the faith kicks in to fully allow God's intervention to help us achieve victory. In other words, that faith kicks in to keep us from picking up and reciting those things over and over again. Because the Bible lets us know that if any man be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. Old things have passed away, which means the old way of thinking has passed away. The old way of speaking has passed away. The old way of acting has passed away. The old way of putting logic together has passed away because this is no longer a logic walk because logic is based on what we see. But the Bible lets us know that we walk by faith and not by sight. But so many have gotten caught up in their season of separation Literally into what needs to be done. They got so caught up in, I got to keep all the do's and all the don'ts. Like in the Old Testament, I can't go here. I can't say that. I can't wear this. I can't think that. I can't do this. I can't do that. And we go so hemmed up in can'ts that we develop a complex that when God lets us know what we can do, which is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, they're like the fish that I read about in a study, in my psychology studies. It's this fish that was a goldfish on one side of the tank and a piranha on the other side of the tank. And piranha eat goldfish literally for lunch. And there was a piece of glass there. And when the piranha saw the goldfish, it took off after the goldfish. But every time it took off, it would run into the glass. And what happened was it got so conditioned to run into the glass every time it took off of the goldfish that after about 30 days, which is almost a generation, they took the glass out of the fishbowl. And a funny thing happened. The fish would swim right up to the goldfish and bump into the goldfish and wouldn't do anything to the goldfish. Why? Because it resigned itself to the conditions that it was in instead of remembering what it was. The enemy tries to have us resign ourselves to put ourselves in a little box thinking you can't do this, you can't have no healing, you can't walk in no power to do deliverance, you can't drink deadly things and they not harm you, you can't lay hands on the sick and they recover, when we should remember, I can't do all things through Christ who strengthens me, because he set me apart and aside for such a time as this, to walk in this generation and quarantine worship, to set people free. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, yes. where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And we have to understand, like the Statue of Liberty, that God is going to bring us his tired and his poor and his huddled masses. They may not have a lot. They may not smell the best. But they may not have designer clothes. They may have to walk to church instead of drive to church. But you know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to do like those men that I named off. When Dennis Rodman came to Chicago, everybody in Chicago was like, uh-oh. Because they know Dennis Rodman's reputation. Yes. They're like, come on, man, there goes the castle. He just gonna mess everything up. But you know who welcomed him with open arms? That once-in-a-generation talent. That's it. But he went further than that, which takes me to my second point. Not only did MJ welcome 
the worm with open arms. And I need you to understand real quick the history. Dennis Rodman was a man that when he played for the Pistons, played for the bad boys, he literally tried to do injury. This guy, they Pippen. There was a play where he was driving to the hoop and, and, and Dennis Rodman fouled him. And you can foul to stop him from making the layup. But he pushed him so hard that Scotty flew into the standard and it cut his chin open from like almost bottom of his lip down to his chin. He, he, he was messed up. So Scotty felt some type of way about that. So Scotty's like, hold on, you bringing this joker in here who tried to take me out and now I got to work with him? And Phil Jackson said yes, but MJ said something. Hey, look, it's going to help us win the championship. Catch this. It's going to help us win the championship. We do what we need to do to get victory because this is our second point. Because we're God's designated survivors. Amen. Amen. We're God's designated survivors. Now, when you're designated to do something, that means that you've been given an assignment. This ain't something you're just doing willy-nilly because it's Sunday and I feel like doing this thing. You've been given an assignment to do what needs to be done. That term is from Washington, D.C. Every year when the State of the Union address is done, there's one individual that does not show up by design. And that individual is called the designated survivor. And that designated survivor is there so that if, God forbid, an attack came on the Capitol and everybody was killed, there would be a continuity of government because one person is a designated to stay on the scene. One person is designated to carry on the work. Catch this. One person is designated to convert other people that might not understand or believe what's going on, that this is the right way. God has selected you and I in this season to be not only survivors in the midst of this mess that's out there, but designated survivors. God has called us like Esther for such a time as this. And we, we know that the mess is going on out there. We know that Corona is raging out there. We know that it's going on out there in ugly ways. We know that we're seeing violence everywhere. We're seeing wars and rumors of wars. We're seeing fathers turn against sons. We're seeing mothers turn against daughters. We're seeing houses being destroyed. We're seeing churches being brought to their knees, but God has called us for such a time as this to go out into all the world and make disciples when you're making something. That doesn't mean that it's in its final state. That means that you're being given all the needed ingredients to do the work of ministry to put this thing together. All right. Verse 2 says this. I'm almost done, Pastor. For you that means us. Are our people holy to the Lord your God? And the Lord has chosen you, that's us, to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. So that lets me know God could have picked anybody. He could have chose anybody. But God took the time to stop by my house. One Sunday, about 25 years ago, in the top row of the choir stand, Pastor. I just finished directing my last song for the choir, and I was sitting there, quite honestly, trying not to go to sleep. But the word went out, and the subject of the message was extra, extra. Read all about it. And the pastor said at the end of the message, if you die today and heaven published a paper with your picture on the front page and the story of your life 
on the front page and you have any shame whatsoever about what's on that page because everybody in the world and universe is going to read it, you need to get up right now and give your life to God because I'm here to serve notice right now that it doesn't matter what you think is going on. I'm here to let you know that God is calling you in this hour to do his work. And if you're under the sound of my voice, God's got a word for you. And before my body knew what was going on, my spirit prompted me to get up and my mind started firing from my body to get up. And before my logic caught up, I was standing in front of the pastor. Me standing in front of the pastor who was in Sunday school every Sunday. Me standing in front of the pastor who was directing a choir. Me standing in front of the pastor who was singing in the praise team. Me standing in front of the pastor in need of a relationship because I was walking around reciting all the right stuff, but nothing had changed. See, God is looking for us to be designated survivors because if we're going to be designated survivors in this season and strategy of quarantine worship, We've got to be able to absorb the attacks that are going to come our way from the enemy. We can't absorb those attacks in the natural. We can't absorb, absorb those attacks with our flesh. We can't absorb those attacks with our logic. We can't absorb those attacks with our degrees. No amount of money in the world is going to heal us from those attacks. What we've got to have is a living and a breathing and a loving and a real relationship with God that has us kept for such a time as this that in the time that I'm set apart with other people, People are out partying. I'm studying to show myself approved that in the time where other people are being stoic, I'm out there fellowshipping. That in the time when other people are walking around in weakness, I'm walking in the dunamis power that God has given me. And that makes me a peculiar person. And that makes me a royal priesthood. And that makes me a member of a holy nation. And that makes me not like everybody else. And that makes me a once in a generation talent. And that makes me somebody that the devil don't want to mess with. This is why we got to understand that God's timing is perfect. And that in spite of what we see, we got to worship him with our ministry by faith. Amen. Amen. I don't care if something is scheduled and one person goes out. Go out. Because the word says when you're a once in a generation talent, one can put a thousand to flight past him. That's right. Two first ladies can put 10,000 to flight. The word. So church, if three people go out, that's 100,000 folks coming your way. 100, Four people, that's a million. Heck, a half a dozen of y'all go out. That's worldwide exposure. Amen. We got to think big. Yes. We've got to think big. Yes. We will not grow beyond what it is that we think. Unless and until we keep our minds stayed on God and in the time that we've been set apart because our lives are not infinite. We have a finite period of time and in our quarantine season, in the season that God has set us apart to do the work of ministry. Yes. He's doing this last thing. He's filling us up so that we can fill other people. Amen. Amen. He's not filling us up so we can look how full I am. I'm going to go put myself in the refrigerator till the Lord comes so he can have a drink of water. He don't need a drink of water because the word says he is the living water. He didn't give us the water to give to him. He gave us the water to give to other people. But so often what we want to do is take the talent that we have and and sit on it. Well, I'll wait till God comes because when God comes, he can reward me. When we forget the reward is not in who we got. 
but the reward is in what he's put in us and how readily and willing we've been to share it with other people. See, if MJ had took the talent that he got, that God gave him and just sat on it, we would have no banners hanging up down in Chicago. But what MJ did is he, he made other people better. He made the role players better. He made everybody better so that as a team they could come up higher to another level. God is calling you and I to be willing to be that once in a lifetime talent, that once in a generation talent that goes into all the world and makes disciples so that they can become better. Because when they become better, that's a jewel in your crown. When they become better, that's another brick of gold in your walkway. When they become better, that's another room in your mansion. But more importantly, when they become better, they get a crown of their own. When they become better, they get a mansion of their own. When they become better, they get opportunities of their own. But most importantly, when they become better, they get a relationship of their own with Jesus. So they can go out and make disciples. And that becomes another jewel in our crown. And that becomes another soul for the kingdom. And that's how the kingdom advances. Yes. But what happens is we get so caught up uh -huh. in doing this thing in religiosity. Uh -huh. We get so caught up in keeping service from 11 o'clock to 12.30. We get so caught up in studying the word one day a week. Yes. We get so caught up in calling people only when we need to that we forget that worship means that we're worth everything to God. And because we're worth everything to God, God is worth everything to us. Yes. And we gotta realize that when they talk about quarantine, and for those that have gone through quarantine, and for those that I've talked to that have had to go through quarantine, I told them, you know what? In this time of quarantine, I need you to remember two things. The key to making it through a season of quarantine, of quarantine is staying focused on the promise. Uh -huh. The first thing is when you go into quarantine, that's a promise. Yes. No matter how bad the news is, you've got to promise that you're going to come out of the other side. Yes. The second thing about quarantine, which is why this season is a season of witness, is that the second thing you get out of quarantine is the blessing and knowing that at the end of your season, you're going to be stronger and better equipped to deal with something else. Because when you go through a season of quarantine, while on the outside it looks like a bad thing, it's a good thing medically because it's allowing your body to be set apart to develop antibodies to overcome this thing so that when you get around other people that have something, you ain't got to worry about it jumping off on you because you're already protected because you've taken advantage of the promise that God has given you. But so many of us forget that in the hard times that Jesus already said what he was going to do. Jesus said that I'm going to be with you always, even until the end of the age. That's not only always from a time standpoint. That's all of your ways. Cross represent what it says in Psalms. In all of your ways. If I find myself in heaven, God, you there. If I make my bed in hell, you there. I take on the wings of the morning and try to fly away from you, guess what? When, when I get there, you're there saying, what took you so long? There's no way we can get away from God because once God has chosen us, it's a lifetime decision. Yes, Lord. It's a lifetime appointment. 
What God has gifted and talented you is forever. The word says that God does not give gifts with repentance. He's not sorry he made us the way he made us. He's not sorry about the person that these men that I named became. But instead, he wants to add names to that list. So the question he wants to ask now in the spirit is, what makes Michael Jordan and, and LeBron James and, and Kobe Bryant and Giannis and, 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 and J.G. Smith and, and, and Selena Smith and, and Narika Thomas and, and Javante Smith and Tony name it. What makes all these individuals not like everybody else? They're once in a generation of talent. They've tapped into the realization of who they are. They understand that they're designated survivors. They know that they've got a little hole in the bottom of them so that as they're getting filled up, they're filling up other people. They don't care what trials come their way. They don't care what tests come their way. They know that for such a time as this, they've been equipped. They know that they're anointed and appointed to destroy the kingdom of the enemy. They know that eyes have not seen nor ears heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man what God has prepared for you and I because we love him with an active love. We love him with an unconditional love. I don't care if it's raining outside. I don't care if it's snowing outside. I don't care if nobody's going with me. I will go all by myself because me and God are more than a majority and quarantine worship is all Always victorious worship. That's why it says in Romans 12 that I'm begging you, Paul says to the church, I'm begging you by God's mercy that you make the conscious decision to present yourself as a living sacrifice. When they read Kobe Bryant's letter after his passing to the game, and he talked about his undying love for the game. That's the magnitude of commitment God is calling for from us. The willingness to go out there and play hurt. The willingness to go out there if somebody got to hold you up to hit a game winning shot. You go out there and do it. The willingness to give your last breath if you have to. If you drop dead on the battlefield for my Lord, you've committed yourself in a way that's pleasing to our God. Quarantine worship doesn't mean that we don't have an appointment to transition out of here. But what quarantine worship means is that God has scheduled appointments for each of us that we can't afford to miss. And now is our appointed time. So if you would, just stand to your feet. Pastors got, pastors started acronyms. I'll be good today, Pastor. Thank you. Pull it out there. But tell somebody near you, stay in quarantine. Stay in quarantine. Come on, tell them stay in quarantine. Stay in quarantine. Because what's to come is so much better than what's been. Stay in quarantine. Stay in quarantine. Because even though it's midnight right now, I'm here to let you know midday is coming. Stay in quarantine. Stay in quarantine. Because even though the world's trying to tell you what you can't do, the Bible tells you that you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you, and we're more than conquerors through him that loves us. Stay in quarantine because the blessings of God will come and overtake you. Not only meet you, but overtake you. Stay in quarantine, church, and as we stay in quarantine worship and go into all the world, we can realize that the treasure that we have in these earthen vessels can change the world so many times over. That is not even funny. Amen.
Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus and made him your personal Lord and Savior, like the Lord just said, God's not scheduled, God has scheduled appointments for you that you can't afford to miss. And right now is your appointed time. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you raise your hand where you are, we'll pray for you right here. Is there one? Is there one? Pastor, if I may. Yes, sir. Each one, there's a saying I remember learning back in Chicago, each one reach one. So everyone here that knows at least one person that don't know Jesus, as we prepare to pray, if you raise your hand in proxy for them by faith, we're going to claim their salvation. If you know somebody that doesn't know Jesus, lift your hand for them. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the word that you've given us on today. We thank you for the challenge and the mandate that you've given us today, oh God. You set us apart, Lord God, for this generation. You set us apart for this hour. You've gifted us and talented us for your glory and to be a blessing to others, to make others better, Lord God. Making a better starts with them coming to know you. So as each one of us have our hands raised today, we thank you first and foremost for knowing you as our Lord and Savior. We raise our hands in proxy by faith for our brothers and our sisters that our hands are lifted for. Whomever they might be, God, you go by into the highways and the byways and meet them where they are. You find them, Lord God. You open their hearts, Lord God. You speak to their minds and spirits that they make the decision to say yes to you right where they are, oh God. You said in your word that if one confesses with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believes in their heart that God raised them from the dead, that they would be saved. God, we don't have to see it because all that matters is that you see it, oh God. So by faith, we rejoice right now for souls being saved. We rejoice right now for souls being added to the kingdom. We rejoice right now for victory, oh God. That you take us and make us doers of your word. And now here is only God. Teach us how to be better. Teach us how to quarantine ourselves even the more in worshiping you, oh God. Because in you, there's fullness of joy. Keep us filled to overflowing with your joy, oh God. And that overflow, Lord God, we use as witness and fellowship with others to change their lives. And as you do these things, Lord God, we'll give your name the honor, glory, and praise forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I pray that you were blessed by today's word. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. If you've never taken the opportunity to do either one of those things, won't you join me now in prayer? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come before you a sinner. I believe that you sent your son to die that I might live. I believe that he lived, died, rose again, ascended to heaven, and is coming back for sinners just like me. I confess my sin. I ask you into my heart 
and I ask you into my life. Thank you, Lord, that by faith I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like to welcome you into the household of faith and into a loving relationship of salvation with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please email me and let me know of your experience or if you have any prayer requests or praise reports, please email me. The email address is livingtowitness at gmail.com. That's living, the number two, witness at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Pastor Derek Thomas encouraging you to live your life as a living witness.